You are listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For more information, please visit our website at sungrove.org. I want to start today by just letting you know from my family to yours, wherever you are, if you're by yourself or you're with other family members, that we love you and we miss you and we wish we could be all together here today, but we're so grateful that you and I are taking the cautions we need to keep yourself safe, to keep others healthy and safe around you. But we're so excited on Resurrection Sunday that we get to be the church together today. In fact, in some ways, we're kind of like the first Easter, that Jesus had died on a Friday and that people were scared and they were, they were self-quarantining. They were self-isolating. That They were trying to be around people because they were scared of the soldiers. They were scared of the events that had happened over the weekend. They were scared of the Pharisees and the religious zealots. They were scared of them. And so they were huddled in different places. And there were very few people out and about on that Sunday morning. There are many things that you and I are doing right now that we know we should do and other things we should never do. And they're just bad for our health. In fact, if you think of communication, there are three words that are poor communication words. One of them is always, because when you say always, the person that you're talking to, if you say, you always do this, they will think of the one time that they didn't do it. And so it's a poor communication word. Counselors and others will tell you, always, ever, or every, and never are poor communication words. But today, I'm going to tell you some things that you should never ever do. In fact, I'm going to tell you some things that you actually will never do. And I mean never, like there's not even one opportunity. You will never do these things. For example, you will never colonize another planet. You won't do it. You will never become your cosplay character in real life. It's just not going to happen. You will never dig a hole through the earth to the other side, no matter what your parents told you as a kid when you were putting a fence in the backyard. And you will never get to access Area 51. And you will never settle the argument whether the toilet paper should hang. And that's precisely because the world has apparently run out of toilet paper. These are things you will never figure out you will never actually do. And last, you will never find Jesus's bones. But you can find Jesus today. Here's why you need this sermon. You need to know where to find real help in confusing times. Open your Bible with me to Luke chapter 24. We've been in a series called 2020 Vision, that when we see as God sees, we'll do as God says. And we've been unpacking the life of Jesus all the way through the gospel account of Luke. And in Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 1, it says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while you were still in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven, that's disciples, and to all the others. 
And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. It just didn't make sense. And I'm so happy to know that when I'm reading the Bible and I come across a verse like this, I take great comfort in knowing that I'm not the first man in history under pressure to not comprehend what the opposite sex is trying to say. And that's what the disciples were doing. They were like, what you're talking about makes no sense. We saw him crucified and now you're saying he is alive. Well, why is it hard for our mind to grasp true things like this? because in times of crisis, your mind is going to struggle to process little bits of information to see the big picture. You might remember what it was like when 9-11 was happening. And all we knew were several scattered events. And we had no idea what the big picture was. But we were trying in a time of crisis to process the information that was right in front of us. Well, you will never find Jesus' bones because he's risen. But you can find Jesus today Well, how? How do you find Jesus? Well, you seek him. You need to look in the right place. If you're taking notes today, write this down. God will guide you through his word, the Bible. In Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13, it says this. Now, that same day, what same day? The same day that the resurrection happened. The same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things? Jesus asked. I mean, can you imagine for a moment that somebody shows up at your house and they're like, why are you guys staying inside? Why aren't you going out? Why aren't you going to work today? And you say, are you the only person in the world who doesn't know about the things that have been happening in the last two months? Why don't you understand this? And you would begin to explain to them all the things that have gone on to lead us where we are today. Well, in verse 27, it says this. Jesus is talking to them as he's walking along. They they explain all these things. And Jesus explains to them, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us as he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They asked this question, were not our hearts burning within us as he opened The scriptures. See, it's the scriptures that reveal to you and me who God actually is. And God will guide you through his word, the Bible. But they ask this question, were not our hearts burning within us as he opened the scriptures? Your soul and my soul is designed to respond to the written word of God. See, if you believe in Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, God gives you his Holy Spirit. And for those who believe in Jesus and have God's Holy Spirit... 
He helps us understand the scriptures and how it applies to your life, how it applies to circumstances like we're facing right now. But without God's Holy Spirit, without God's guidance, you're like a wave tossed on the river. Sometimes you're peaceful. Other times you're terrified. Most times you're confused about the rapidly changing times in your life. But for those who believe in Jesus, who have humbly given themselves and their lives and their eternal destiny to him, God's Holy Spirit comes and makes his home within us to strengthen you, to guide you, to guide you through his scriptures, to bring peace to your painful times and and give guidance to your confusing times. God's Holy Spirit indwells you. And for those of us who at one time or another said yes to Jesus, we did so because something was happening on the inside. Our, our hearts were burning as we began to understand the truth about Jesus. Not, not the truth that somebody else had told us or the public opinion about Jesus, but really as we looked at the scriptures and we began to see who Jesus actually is, our hearts began to burn within us. We saw Jesus for who he says he is. And we said yes to Jesus. For me, that was age seven as a child. But then a few years later, I realized as I was moving out of concrete thinking to abstract thinking, and my educators are with me on this one, concrete thinking is very black and white. You might understand Jesus was a historical figure who died on a cross. And you might also understand, I am not a perfect person. I have sinned in my life. I do wrong things. But you don't understand how those two things connect. When you move from concrete thinking to abstract thinking, suddenly you're able to understand abstract ideas that Jesus was God become flesh, that Jesus willingly hung on a cross, that he gave himself to be on that cross crucified by two criminals, that Jesus gave himself in that way so that he could satisfy in his flesh God's wrath against our sin. And God poured that out on Jesus on the cross and Jesus satisfied God's wrath. So when God looks at you and me now, he doesn't look at you and me with judgment and anger. He looks at us with love and compassion because it's been satisfied in Jesus. And then as a young man, I just really realized that's the difference, that Jesus died on the cross and my sin, those two events are absolutely connected and our hearts burn within us as we say yes to Jesus, to believe him, to receive his Holy Spirit because the blood of Jesus was poured out on the cross for me and my heart is burning inside of me to know the real Jesus. Luke 24, verse 33, what happens to these guys? They're, they're just astounded that Jesus just disappeared from the table. They're astounded that their hearts were burning within them, that they had been walking the entire time in the presence of the Lord. Well, dinner's over. What do they do? Verse 33 gives us what they do. They got up and they returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. So the disciples are telling them, hey guys, glad you're back. It's true, Jesus really arose from the dead. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and they were frightened thinking they saw a ghost. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? 
Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And when he had said this, he showed him his hands and his feet. See, you'll never find Jesus' bones, but you can find Jesus. And Jesus comes back and he says, listen, you're having trouble believing that I am who I really am. You are spiritually distancing yourself from me. And maybe for some of you, as you're watching this, you realize I've been spiritually distancing myself from the person of Jesus. Or I've been spiritually distancing myself from looking closely at the scriptures. I'd rather believe public opinion about Jesus. I'd rather believe what I've heard other people say about Jesus. Or I'm not sure that I'm a good enough person to even begin to look and see, would Jesus love a person like me? What are you doing? You're spiritually distancing yourself from the God who loves you. Well, Jesus does something with the disciples. It's kind of the same thing he does with you and me. He says, come, let me show you myself. Let me show you my hands. Let me show you my feet. And let me show you where I've been crucified. Thus his hands and his feet. And they were able to see that he had a real physical body. They were able to see that it was Jesus, the one who had allowed their hearts to be burning inside them. Suddenly he is standing with them. Can you imagine that moment? That moment of realizing Jesus is who he says he is. Well, how does Jesus reveal himself to you and me today? He doesn't walk into your bedroom. He doesn't appear to you at your workplace. What he does is he reveals your spiritual distancing to you. And then he reveals that he is God and has an answer to your spiritual distancing. That he has an answer to cover your sin. He has an answer for taking care of your sin, for forgiving you of it and washing you as white as snow. So what does he do? He comes to you and says, come to me. Come to me. I'm not gonna force myself on you. What did he tell them? He didn't just grab them and be like, guys, it's me. I rose up from the dead today. What he did is stood among them and he said, come, you come to me. Look at my hands, look at my feet. You see that I have flesh. You see that I'm a real person. You come to me. And that's what Jesus does to you and me. He said, this is your, my text message to you. And you read it and by it, you'll discover that your heart will be burning, that you'll see me for who I really am and that you can come to me and I'm available to you and I love you and I'm willing to forgive you no matter what you've done wrong. No matter all the things you've done wrong, you are still desired by me. Jesus will go out of his way to reach you right where you are and your heart will burn inside of you and you'll know it. So you'll never find Jesus' bones. He's using them. But you can find Jesus today. Well, how did Jesus help them find him? He did the same thing he did to the guys walking on the road. Now Jesus is standing among them. And verse 45 tells us, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem and you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He's speaking of sending the Holy Spirit. And then 
Jesus is with them for about 40 days. And then it picks up in verse 50. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stay continually at the temple, praising God. There's a huge shift that happens in the life of the disciples. They go from hiding out, from distancing themselves from every threat that might be around them. But once they come to see who Jesus is, once they come to understand that he is risen from the dead, that he's conquered the worst possible thing that can happen to a person, that he gives hope for the afterlife, when they've come to that realization, they go from hiding and then they go to being in the temple every day, which is a very public, large gathering all the time. Well, how does that happen? How does that happen when you're afraid? How does that happen when you fear? How does that happen? Fear is normal. It's human. It happens to all of us. But how does it happen that we move from fear to something else? Write this down if you're taking notes. Faith in God replaces fear. See, faith drove out fear. And my question for you is, what have you been afraid of when it comes to Jesus? Where have you been spiritually distancing yourself from him? Could it be that Jesus actually loves you and he wants to wash away your sins and your fears and give you life and erase your fear of death that you've been living with your whole life? That Jesus loves you that much. My question is, why are you distancing yourself from who Jesus really is? It's the question he wants to know of you because he's real and because he loves you and because he pursues you. And he says, come see me for who I am. See me as the risen Lord, the one who's willing to forgive your sins. And sometimes you distance because you're like, I've done too much bad stuff. Or maybe it's pride. I I can't let someone else pay for my sins. I have to pay for my own sins. And that's just pride. And God breaks into it. He breaks into your self-rightness. He breaks into your pride. He breaks into your, your shame. He breaks into your guilt. And he says, come, see me. See my hands. See my feet. On them are the marks of the nails that I paid for those sins. I paid for that shame. I paid for the times you run away. See, it's not that God ran away from you. It's that we sometimes have distanced ourselves from the real and true living God. And he asks this question as you open the scriptures, were not our hearts burning within us? See, you'll never find Jesus's bones, but you can find Jesus today. And perhaps your heart has been responding as we've just talked today about the word of God. And that is simply Jesus drawing you to himself in love. He's saying what you're hearing right now and have been paying attention to today is true. And it's part of my love for you to draw you to myself. He's asking you to believe in him, to lay down your sins, to receive forgiveness through faith in Christ and receive power from on high as God makes you a new creation on the inside. And on this resurrection Sunday, as you're watching, even right now, if that's you, just right where you are for just a moment. If you want to give your life to Jesus, you do it through prayer. And it works just something like this. You just pray something right where you are after me to say, Jesus, today, I give you me. I believe you died on the cross for my sin, that you were buried, that you rose to new life because you were God. And I ask you to forgive me of all my sins to wash me as white as snow, 
to make me a new creation on the inside. Because today, Jesus, I give you me. And if you pray that prayer right now, it's one of the greatest decisions you could ever make. Right where you are, whether you're alone or have people surrounding you, that it's the greatest decision you could ever make. What happens when you've prayed a prayer like that to God and meaning it with your heart and saying, God, I'm I'm at the end of myself. I'm giving you me. What you're doing that moment is you now are receiving God's giving you a new heart on the inside. He's making you a new creation. He's taking you who were maybe spiritually dead or spiritually off track, and he's making you alive. Your sins are now forgiven. They're gone. And you don't have to fear death anymore. That though we will all go through death, we know immediately after that we're in the kingdom of heaven because of Jesus, not because of our own rightness, but because of what he did on the cross. But I want to remind you that there's a God who pursues you And maybe you already know that God, but you've been running away from him. And let me tell you, it's not God who has left. Sometimes it's you or I who has distanced ourselves. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, this is your moment just now to begin to talk to God and say, God, I've I've wandered from you. And I'm ready to come back and be reminded that your hands paid the price for me, that your feet took the nails, your hands took the nails to wash away my sin. And maybe this Resurrection Sunday is you just getting back up and beginning again with Jesus, stopping being in shame, stopping being in guilt, and walking back into relationship with our risen Lord. Thank you for listening to the Sun Grove Podcast. For information on Sun Grove Church, visit our website at sungrove.org.